Welcome once again to Money Talks, a series of interviews with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. In this episode, I talk to Siobhan Miles-Moore, artist and co-founder of Miles-Moore Ceramics. Despite having a passion for ceramics from an early age, Siobhan initially pursued a conventional career in higher education and later worked as a firefighter. But she then returned to her creative roots and now makes award-winning ceramics working from her Lake District home with her partner in life and business, Martin Milesmore. Milesmore Ceramics produces tableware for domestic households and high-profile restaurants, with their products used by Michelin-starred chefs and two Master Chef finalists. In this extended interview, Siobhan talks about building a brand, about combining business with artistry, and the relationship between creativity and physical environment. Siobhan, great to see you here on The Money. Tell me a little bit about your business to start off with. Uh, we make posh plates for posh chef. We basically work with Michelin-starred chefs to help ensure that their ceramics tell the same story as their food. Because there's no point in you foraging individual elderflowers and drying them and salting them and curing them and, you know, basically loving them like they were your children and then serving them on a piece of mass-produced... Little blowtorch on your Absolutely. creme brulee. Yeah, so uh, we basically use found and forage materials from around the same sites as our chefs to put in the glazes because all ceramic glaze is basically stone and wood ash. So that might be using actual trees from the forest that you forage in or we're going to be working with a, a new restaurant in Nottingham where we're going to be using brick dust from the conversion and pieces of old lace to create textures. So, so what you're really about is high-end tableware Absolutely. to go with high-end food. Yes. How did you get into that? But many years ago, I ran a gourmet food business um, and supplied serious hotels across the north of England. And many, many years ago, my uh, lovely husband was a, an internationally acclaimed potter. He won new designers. He had this kind of global kind of, you know, legend in his own lunchtime. Um, and then when my mum died, we needed to move back to the Lake District to care for my dad because you can live on digestive biscuits, just not for very long. So we moved back and Martin said he was going to go back to being a potter. And his kind of idea was he would just kind of sit in a shed and make a few beautiful objects. And I went, we're spending 40 grand getting this set up. We need to get some money back. Um, and I thought, well, who uses lots of high-end ceramics? So we went and targeted chefs. And then we were really lucky. I walked in, well, lucky. The third time I walked into a place called Hipping Hall and said, do you ever work with local artisans? They went, well, ask chef. And I said, how do I do that? And she said, he's in the kitchen. And he came The bloke out. with the big white hat on? Yeah, absolutely. He came out. Or the lady with the big white in hat. In this case, a bloke. Um, he came out and looked at me and said, Checking are you, my privilege. Are you, taking, <laughs> are you taking the mickey? And I went, why would I be taking the mickey? He said, last night my boss took me out and said, if I want to get to the next level, I need to find a local potter. And that chef was Ollie Martin, who went on to be one of the finalists yeah, at MasterChef. Indeed. And still works with the guy who won. And they actually are still genuine friends. And we work a little bit with all of them. i tell you what I like about your story, Siobhan, if I may, is the business you've created, it combines real sort of artisan values with quite a sharp business sense as well, which you just summed up in your reaction to your partner's declaration that he was going to sit in the shed and make nice pots. How hard is it to combine these two aspects of your life? You're clearly a very artistic person. You're working with a very artistic person, yet you've got to make the sums add up. You've got to pay the bills. You've got to 
engage in marketing, you know, talk to mad journalists from time <laughs> to time. Do you see any conflict between those two aspects of your character, the kind of mercenary business side and the creative artistic side? I don't because I think it's all about problem solving. I think as a creative, what you do is you synthesize information and present it back to the world in a new form. And actually, when you're looking at kind of developing a strategy or developing a brand, it's the same sort of creative thinking. It's the same kind of problem solving. And um, as long as you keep the numbers in mind and value your own time, I think that's kind of a particular issue for artisans. The idea that, you know, people happily pay their plumber 50 quid an hour, but think that they're going to buy a mug for £2.50, um, that can be kind of complex. So it was always going to be about establishing a brand that elevated us and kind of presented us to the world as a different offer, really. So I don't think it's, I think it's very much the same skill set, just applied in two different directions. I want to come back to you to this value of brand, something which a lot of people watching and listening will think is very intangible but of course brands are hugely valuable but before we talk about the value of brand how to establish a brand how to nurture and polish a brand how to sell on a brand mm -hmm. which may have crossed your mind Indeed. we can come to that i'm struck by how varied your background is you've been a firefighter you've worked in higher education tell us about how you got to being an artist in the first place, because it's something a lot of people want to do, but they never quite get round to it, do they? Because, quote, real life gets in the way. Or you're just told, I mean, I wanted to be a maker. I'm, I'm a kind of practical person. I'm one of those people that learns by exploring with my hands, breaking things, you know, taking things apart. Um, but of course, you know, you're 16, 17, and everyone says, oh, well, you've got to have a proper job. And why don't you have a proper job first? And, and so I kind of did the whole, oh, well, I suppose I should get a proper job. Um, and did a business degree like a lot of people my age that didn't know what they wanted to be when they grew up. Um, but I think that creativity has always been there. I've got a firework brain. It's not a linear brain. It doesn't work in straight lines. It doesn't always seem to work. More a Catherine wheel of a brain. Absolutely. Um, so I basically faked being a grown-up for quite a long time and then realised I was quite bad at it. Um, and then I started making, just when Martin started the business, the idea was I would help run the business, I would help grow the business, I would maybe get a part-time job, I'd care for my dad, I'd care for my sister, I'd do all those grown-up things. Um, and then I made something and someone came into the studio and said, I want to buy that. I went, mm, I made it, I'm just playing. Sure? Yeah, pretty was. You know, all the business sense went out the window until he said, I've been collecting ceramics for 35 years, I'll give you 100 quid for it. And I went, Okay, that's a start. No, you went 150. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't quite that. I was, I was a bit sleepy that day. I wasn't on top form. Um, but that was where it started, and that guy has been a proper um, patron in the truest sense. Um, Before we come on to brand and, and the, the mechanics of the business, how you've marketed it uh, and so on, let me just ask you, how important is it that you are up in the Lake District? You've mentioned a couple of times that why you went there to care for your, your, your father, is it important that you're surrounded by natural beauty when you're trying to create, or can you create just as well, you know, in 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 a in a ground floor bed sit in an urban environment? So when Martin won New Designers, he was operating in a cellar in a terraced house in a northern mill town, um, and his work is in the VNA. So I think if you're an artist, you can see beauty in different places. I think for me, I'm a better version of myself if I can get outside, if I can get into the fresh air. But I don't think that's about me, the artist. I think that's about me, the person. Um, so don't let your natural environment 
stifle your creativity. Don't use your natural environment if it isn't the Lake District no, as an excuse. No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, the restaurant we're going to work with in Nottingham, you know, it's about what is that place about and how do you, how do you put those ideas together? And that, you know, a converted, you know, building that's bricks and bricks and bricks and bricks. There's nothing obviously natural or inspiring about that, but there's still stories. And I think there's stories everywhere. And for me, a lot of the role of an artist and of a marketeer is to tell stories. So tell us about your brand, how you've built it and how valuable you think it is to the future of your business. I think that it's all been about building reputation. The world of elite cooking is a very small world. It's a very competitive world. It's not always an easy world. Um, and we set out to build relationships and to capitalise on those relationships and to work with people. So it was very much a partnership approach. Um, so, for instance, we set out to only have a certain number of chefs within a certain geography. Um, we're very good at saying, you know, we turn down work with an absolutely brilliant chef because his the guy who was his best man at his wedding said, please don't work with him because he copies me. Um, so we kind of tried to treat people with respect and and build that sense of, of brand. And that's worked really well now because it means that we're getting introductions to people who are outside the Lake District, you know. Um, I'm just in the process of... Um, well, I'm going up to, to Scotland next week. I'm going to start work with a two-star uh, restaurant in Scotland. I'm going to be making table centrepieces for them. Um, and then next week, I'm back in London to talk down here. And that's all about people knowing who we are and knowing that we create something unique and that that's not just, that's not creatively washing a brand. That's not saying, oh, well, we, we're unique, but actually we do the same for you as we do for everyone. Mm -hmm. We start by building that authentic relationship. Mm. Some brands are about everyday wear. Some mm -hmm. brands are about yeah. value for money. Some brands are about exclusivity and being very high-end and luxurious. And you're more towards the latter. And that's absolutely fine as well. The luxury good business is enormous in this country mm -hmm. and, and around the world. But you do have to be picky sometimes, don't you? Do you have to think through who you're working with, whether or not you will work with them? Do yeah. you have to turn people down we because have. you don't quite like the cut of their jib? Yeah. Is that difficult for someone like you yeah. who's outgoing and you know, wanting to be friendly and gregarious. It is, absolutely, because, you know, uh, being an artist can be also quite validating. You know, if people like your stuff, it's it's a nice and happy thing. If people want to work with you, it's a nice and happy thing. And, you know, if someone says, we've got two stars, we want to work with you, you kind of go, okay, I can see how that would position us. But actually, within that, this is a different customer. This is three years ago. The whole attitude and approach... Um, it wasn't going to be a partnership. It wasn't going to be anything equal. It was very much going to be about... You didn't uh, fancy it? No, not at all. And, you know, you, we're not artists to kind of change the world of economics. We're not. We're trying to have a, a nice life and make the world a bit better. Um, and there's no point in, you know, you will always have challenges in business, whatever that mm, business. Mm. And if you can see the challenges before you jump in and you don't need to jump in, then don't jump. So is your business that you and your partner have built, is it strong enough financially that you can be picky, you can afford to turn down work? Yeah, um, you know, we, we've done okay. We've, we've weathered the pandemic. We've, we've managed to get through. Um, we're pretty simple people, so we don't need to have a huge amount coming in. And your mental health just sometimes is not worth it. You know, in the last 10 years, I've buried a former fiance, my mum, my dad, my baby sister, 
and my husband nearly died in January, you kind of get to the point where you go, putting up with other people's nonsense is just not worth it. You know, you don't get to be, you know, a menopausal woman in her 50s and, and uh, be willing to take lots of other people's um, stuff on board. So, Are you surprised, Siobhan, that you've ended up as quite a hard-driving businesswoman? Um, <laughs> I think I've got the genes, uh, you know, um, as I said, I'm, do I'm adopted, so I have the... the Genes of a corporate turnaround specialist and a uh, thwarted art historian who um, was a computer programmer. Um, my mum and dad were scientists, so they were always a bit startled by it. Was like it was like Rue and Piglet had adopted Tigger. Um, <laughs> you know, they were they were ace. Um, well, Tigger's think, a wonderful thing. Uh, we we love a Tigger. Um, as my best friend Victoria says, she says it's more the fact you've ended up being a potter that's a surprise. Said, Rather I, than a businesswoman. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that was always kind of what I wanted to do but you present if i may say so as an artist and a potter rather than a businesswoman there's no there's no power dressing going on here. there's no kind of dallas era shoulder pads oh i've got a very boring navy blue dress that just wasn't do you do corporate presentations oh yeah i do are you, i mean all my life i have <laughs> you got powerpoint slides oh I, yeah i had to do oh, powerpoint on on teams the other way it was just excruciating um but no i mean i used to teach um interview and presentation skills within the fire service when i was a firefighter I think that, you know, you ask me here as an artist, so the artist is... Yeah, but as a businesswoman too, this is on the money. This is our flagship But it's, it's about creativity, isn't it? It's about, it is, it's about it is the creativity, about creativity driving the business. The brand of the business is not about being a hard-nosed business. The brand of the business is about creativity and stories. What's the vision here? How big could this get? Do you just want to pay the bills? Do you just want to combine doing what you and your partner like to do and getting paid for it, which is a wonderful, noble mm -hmm. cause that very few people in life manage to do? Or do you want to make real money? It depends on which day of the week you ask me. <laughs> just at the moment, as you know, I'm kind of at the end of 10 years of caring for people. I'm, mm. I'm kind of looking at the world. I can see that there's ways that it could be grown and built way beyond anything that would allow me to still make mud pies. Um, and I know there's a bit of my brain. It's one of the reasons I'm looking at non-exec directing stuff because there's bits of my brain that I don't use because I'm not growth focused with the business. Mm. I'm not trying to maximise, you know, everything about it at this stage. But I can see that we could create a brand that, as you said, in, a, in and of itself would have value. And Because, uh, of course, you can bring people into the business. They don't have to be given ownership no. of the business, but they can be paid to build yeah. brand, to market, to do things that maybe you and your partner haven't thought of. How difficult would that be to bring in someone else at a senior level who wasn't an artist, who was a bit more of a spreadsheet monkey, who Ooh. was a bit more corporate? Hey, you need to see my spreadsheets. You know, if I organise a party, <laughs> there's a spreadsheet. I'm very pleased for my county functions and shopping lists. Um, I, seriously, I don't think that is where we would be. Um, Martin is a beautiful, beautiful, gentle, incredibly creative, incredibly sensitive he's much more of an artist than this is an argument we have he says i'm more of an artist because i'm more creative and he's more of a an artisan but actually he is an incredibly quiet incredibly zen he makes tea bowls for the japanese tea ceremony wow. that get used in japan you know they um, must be really good because they're very fussy about their tea ceremonies. they are they're considered to, to be say radical, the least. radical and some people are offended because they're not but you know they're being used oh. uh, we've worked with a tea master um to get to that place um and I'm married to him and I quite like being married to him. Uh, so I think there are things that we could do to the business that wouldn't be good for us. Um, right. And at the moment, us is more important because he didn't die and I'd kind of like to make the most of that. Mm.
Siobhan, it's been really interesting talking to you and all the very best with the business. Thanks for appearing on Money Talks. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks a lot for listening to Money Talks with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube or wherever you're listening. Do subscribe to this podcast and also check out my daily television show, On The Money, at 1pm Monday to Friday on GB News or via the GB News app. GB News, Britain's news channel.